This is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Ed, the people want chickens. You, you, n- there's not another person. Come on. We've had Schlop, Slope, Bloosh, Sploosh, Christian, and Christian, Jimmy. Jimmy, Christian, and Sploosh have all been requesting chickens this morning. Now, Ryan tweets, I would like to get in on this chicken train. I also wouldn't mind some Jack Eichel takes, too. Plus, well, Willie, we gave the Jack Eichel takes. We did. Plus, Willie Ramirez. He wants some chicken race links as well. He really is interested in the machete, though. Well, we're not seeing the machete anytime He's soon. He's very really. interested in that machete. The machete's not even up. good. The machete's not even a good one. It's that's a that's a very average talent to have. It's all about that dinosaur. Yes, the dinosaur's good. The moving walkway's good. Being able to dig underground. The jet pack is good. Right. There's better things than the machete. You're gonna bust out the machete, and my chicken's gonna dig underground, and you can't get him. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to find out if digging underground goes forward every time, or if that is a, a good question. Yes, backwards. Oh, go backwards. if he goes backwards, it'd be a disaster. That is a good question. So people want chicken races. Uh, most important part of our show. Have I, you raced since we last talked? I will tell you, this morning has been a disaster. disaster. Unbelievable disaster. We have yet to have a chicken finish top three. Oof. This has been. A terrible morning of racing. You got to cut back then. You got to cut back. You can't be you can't be racing for eight hours if you keep finish seventh. Yeah. Not do you hours. money chase. But for punishment. Depend. Do we think our chickens are actually good or not? Well, obviously they're not. <laughs> I mean, small sample geez, they size. Keep, they keep finishing small, in the top small seven. Small sample size, Ed. Small sample size. We'll be fine. We'll Sloop. get this. We'll get this Jimmy turned around. Sploosh. It's sploosh. You're mixing up those last two or er, those two sploosh. letters. Sloop. Sloop. Listen to you. Christian and Jimmy. And Jimmy. And uh, Ryan All right. is the new one. So there we go. That's our, our group of chicken lovers uh, listening to the radio. Please keep tweeting at me if you want more chicken racing content because we will absolutely bring it to you. Now, some golden knights here. First off. Pete DeBoer, before yesterday's game, said Robin Leonard is likely to play sooner rather than later. Does that mean anything to you? It means, as it says in the roundup here, he's on the horizon. (laughs) We've had many players on the horizon for many years, and yet now anytime it's sooner rather than later, it means the guy's on the horizon and he can see see T-Mobile Arena from the horizon. So it's. Do you think it's better than I mean, the horizon? I would think they're so obscure with these injuries, but I would like to think that sooner rather than later means he doesn't need surgery. I would right? like to. I think mean, I would so like too. to think that's what it means. If they come out today and he had surgery, then he was never on the horizon, and never it was never sooner rather than later from DeBoer. But later could also mean like oh, What's three, that mean? three years from now, as opposed to one year from now. I too, when you see it, when you hear sooner rather than later, I too believe that means he's not going to have surgery right. or have to have surgery on At his least shoulder. Yet. Which, yeah, and again, the Frank Saravalli report yesterday was that Robin Leonard has a torn labrum and will need surgery or could need surgery, but could delay I think it. You until can the rehab off-season. a labrum to where he could get through a season. That is, I guess, the potential of him not having to have surgery in season and delaying it till the off season. So, curious to see. That, to me, based on that information, would also imply there's a chance Leonard comes back and then has to go out again, right? Like, if you're playing sure. through an injury, there's a chance. That's what we saw with Mark right. Stone. Right. It, obviously, different injuries, but Mark Stone sure. playing through an injury, came back, went out, came back, and now he's out. It's on long-term IR. So, 
that's something obviously to keep an eye on, pay attention to. Um, oh, you know what we didn't get to? Nolan Patrick getting hit in the head by Nathan McKinnon. Dirty hits? Like, what'd you think of that hit by Nathan McKinnon? Dave Shane tweeted out this morning that there is not going to be a hearing for supplemental discipline for Nathan McKinnon. When I first saw it live fast, I didn't think it was dirty. I thought he came shoulder to shoulder. Um, then you look at it, it was shoulder to head. I, did, I, I know people on Twitter are going crazy. It was dirty. It was dirty. But when I first saw it, I thought it was. A, now, again, they got him for interference. Um, so I'm not saying it wasn't interference. But I didn't, like, jump out of the seat and say, oh, my God, what a dirty hit. How could he do that? Suspend him right away. I, I, just, I just didn't. I thought it was. Not to the point where some people thought it was dirty. Right. It was an unnecessary hit. This was not okay. like the dirtiest hit you've seen. They're skating side by side. So, right. you know, it's not like he lined him up in the corner or something like that. But it was shoulder straight to head. And that's the part that is like Nathan McKinnon can skate by Nolan Patrick without putting his shoulder in. Well, he can skate by him anytime he wants. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was completely unnecessary. And that's the part where I'm like, like you, I didn't. I didn't jump out and think, oh boy, this was that's that's disgusting and right. he needs to be off the ice right. and suspended or out of this game at least. But at the same time, it's also a hit to the head, and it was an unnecessary hit to the head, which is one of the key elements of the NHL's sort of rulings here. And I'm actually a tad bit surprised there's not supplemental hearing, at least, because it was an unnecessary hit to the head. He hit him in the head. And it was completely unnecessary. I mean, Boy, they're just they skating in open uh, ice. They make those decisions fast. They do. If it's quickly. already like early in the morning when Dave tweeted that, I'm like, yeah. who looked at that? So that it's, it's, I would, I would go on the side of caution and say, yeah, there probably should be something there. Like whether it was a suspension after the fact or whether it was in game handled, ultimately it's a hit to the head and it's unnecessary, right? Even if it's not the dirtiest one we've seen, even if, if there's more reckless challenges or hits in a game right. or whatever like that it's still unnecessary hit to the head. And that's one of the main things the NHL is trying to get rid of in hockey. And here's, here's some uh, cynicism for you. What if Tom Wilson or Ryan Reeves makes that hit and not Nathan McKinnon? It's not cynicism. I think it's true. Like Nathan McKinnon, superstar in the league, one right. of the best players. In I think the league it's true. Versus a guy that, oh, Tom Wilson that makes has that a hit? reputation of hitting guys, right? He's or, suspended. Or even Reeves, who doesn't. I think Reeves has had some borderline hits, but Reeves doesn't really have a reputation of being dirty, right. but he's got a reputation of hitting people, right? That He's suspended. Tom Wilson, for sure, I think. Right. And that's, I don't think there's any question on Tom Wilson. And that's where I kind of go back to, yeah, Nathan McKinnon should probably have gotten right. this. Even if it was just in-game something more, there probably should be something because it is a hit to the head, and we see guys get punished for hits to the head. And I genuinely do think that there's a lot of, oh, it was Nathan McKinnon. So there's no yeah. reputation of it. We're not even going to have the hearing for it, right? It just, it is what it is. It's Nathan McKinnon out there. So it sucks for Nolan Patrick. Well, it does given his history. Right. It really sucks. Concussion history. Yes. Like it really we're does. potentially talking about another one. And after that's what that the board said afterwards. Like he said, it's not looking good based on his history. That's brutal. And let me ask you this on. So the NHL, and this is, I'd assume too much to ask in game for the officials, but post game, agree. when there is a, when there is a chance, a guy has the supplemental discipline hearing, right? Should they take into effect the player that they hit? Like, should they take into account 
hey, Nolan Patrick has had concussion issues and Nathan McKinnon hit him in the head? I don't think so because you're insinuating that Nathan McKinnon knew everything about Nolan Patrick. I just think he, like I said, I didn't think it was dirty when I first saw it. Then you rewatch, you're like, okay, it's shoulder to head. I am surprised they're not even holding a hearing. And then if they want to come out and say, well, we've decided nothing's there, okay, you, you held your hearing. But to say that because Nolan Patrick's had concussion issues, that should be taken into account. I don't know what Nolan Patrick, I don't know what Nathan McKinnon knows about Nolan Patrick. You might not know anything about him. Well, based on the way the Golden Knights treat injuries, every player knows every other player's injuries. And if you accidentally mention what it is, they're going to get targeted immediately. Nolan Patrick could be on the horizon even when he's playing. (laughs) So I will, nothing's happening there. Uh, Maybe something should have happened. One other story on the Golden Knights though, not actually on the Golden Knights. According to Scott Powers yesterday, who covers the Blackhawks, Marc-Andre Fleury asked about potential of being traded. Blackhawks aren't very good. He's a goaltender. Teams need goalies. One here might need a goalie pending an injury situation. Fleury said if he were to be moved at the deadline, he'd like to go someplace where he had a chance to win, which is, you know, an obvious, but I think the key phrase there is if he's moved at the deadline. How much say do you think Fleury actually has on where he gets traded? Well, he's got his list. He's got a 10-team no-move list. list, which means there's 22 teams that, that Blackhawks can trade him to, him to yeah. no matter what. But, like, which, I mean, would Chicago go to Flurry and say, listen, we've got a deal lined up with Edmonton. Edmonton. We're right. getting a second-round pick back. Do you want to go? Like, would they go to Flurry and ask that, or would Chicago just say, um, oh, we're getting a second-round pick. See ya. No, they might ask him. I don't think they should care what he says. I don't think they should either. But Did- the way the way that tweet was written made it seem like Flurry has some control over if he gets traded. Or I mean, not. that's bad on Chicago. It would be. Yeah, you got to oh, go and trade him, and if you can get something, trade him. Did you see his response when told about McCrimmon's quote? No, they told him they read McCrimmon's quote like that's not happening. He goes, "Well, I guess I shouldn't worry about it then." <laughs> <laughs> they read the verbatim quote as well. Yes, I shouldn't worry about that. God, can they please trade for him? Oh, God. No. Darren was adamant also. I think just the feeling within the organization. That'd make it even better. No chance. That'd make it even better. Even better. Well, it'd make it even better just because of McCrimmon's quote. Oh, my God. It's not happening. I knew there was a bunch of racket around here. Wish there would have been. There was racket. Even after he came out, and you said it yesterday, the reason there was racket is because he said, we don't need, not we don't need, but. You know, our center depth is good. Jack Eichel is not on the board for us, and they trade for Jack Eichel. But even after McCrimmon said that, did you see the response on Twitter and the fans? I mean, it's just – I mean, your GM is saying – and I, I look, I knew the Eichel comment. I think this is a little different. But when your GM is saying it's not going to happen and people still go crazy over it, I think that's the only reason he said what he said is to kind of offshoot, you know, I know what's going to happen. If we say nothing and this report gets out that they might trade for Flurry. But I was talking to someone last night at the game. I told them your point yesterday. I think it was one of the best points made. I I just don't think you want to in, in and maybe it was Wyshynski. I, I didn't know who said it yesterday, but I just don't think you want to invite that kind of turmoil or drama around the playoffs. I do. I well, you want that. it to happen, but so it was Wyshynski <laughs> who said it. But I, if you're Kelly McCrimmon, knowing how the fan base feels about this guy, and you're going to bring him back again with the Leonard situation. I just don't think they'd ever do it. I think there's other goalies out there they can talk themselves into and say, okay, we bring him in. Who knows if the fans even know who this guy is? Okay. You know, some of them would, the hockey fans. Let me give you a, a 
just complete hypothetical here. Um, we'll use Simeon Varlamov as a possibility. That's a goalie that maybe gets moved right. before the trade deadline. Simeon Varlamov is available. The Golden Knights, I'm like, all right, what do you want for him? Second round pick. All right, second round pick they get. For, and all of this obviously is contingent upon Robin Leonard being out, right? If Leonard's yeah, back, everything is none contingent of this on this guy's probably having surgery right. and he's going to be out. But all right, so Leonard's out. The uh, asking price for Simeon Varlamov is a second round pick. The asking price for Marc Andre Fleury is a sixth round pick. I think you're giving up the second. That would be a horrible move <laughs> well, by the front office. But again, I think they're giving up that the would second. Be a, that would be a bad move <laughs> by the front office. That would be bad. Again, this is a hypothetical. I Completely. doubt. I highly doubt. And Marlon I doubt Mark Andre Fleury is going for a six. Right. I, I agree. 100% agree. If you're the agree. Chicago Blackhawks, you might as well keep them. But if the asking price is significantly low, like let's, to add to this hypothetical, let's say Fleury does have, like let's say the Blackhawks give Fleury control, that Fleury has veto power. And because of that, his price gets driven down because he says, I don't want to go to Edmonton. I don't want to go to all these places. And so there's only one or two teams that want, that could, that Fleury would go to. That would drive the asking price down because you don't have to bid against anybody. If the asking price is significantly lower for Flurry than any other, you know, good goalie that's available at the trade deadline, it would be bad front office work to give up more assets to get a different goalie simply because you're afraid of people's feelings. And like I said yesterday, this is an organization that has never cared about anybody's feelings when they've made moves. Never have they done that. This would, they've already come out and said they're not trading for Flurry because they care about people's feelings all of a sudden. All of a sudden, they care about feelings. And maybe it's because it's their own feelings, but they all of a sudden care about feelings. Or they just hate Alan Walsh that much. Well, that that's their feelings, never... right? Those are the feelings <laughs> they, I'm talking about. They, they hate, hate Alan, Alan Walsh, Walsh so much that they can't trade that for they're him. just like, we're not going to do this. They should trade Pacioretty for Flurry straight up. Yeah. The two Alan <laughs> the Walsh two clients. Alan Walsh that would, oh, man, Alan Walsh would be furious. Oh, sure. He would not One be able to handle that. One client went for that. the other, and Pat Reddy yeah. went to Chicago. And they make, like, the same amount of money, so they don't, even, they don't even have to go on long-term IR for that. They can just do that right now if they need to. So that would be great. I'm going to have to get unblocked by Alan Walsh if they do that. Oh, Alan Walsh blocked you? Oh, yeah, he blocked me a long time ago. Really? Yeah, I can't remember. I made a joke about Brandon Peary being better than Max Pacioretty. Uh, he didn't he tweeted like it out? Oh, I tweeted at him or something like that, or quote tweeted him. He didn't like that. Oh God! Yeah, this was. You remember when, like, three years ago, when Pacioretty was healthy, scratched, right? Gallant oh, was I like, he that. doesn't have an injury and yes. he's not playing. And that then, was like in Toronto or something. Yeah, they and were then, on the road in Canada. And somewhere. then the Golden Knights came back like three hours later and like, yeah. oh, he's got a minor injury. And right, Alan Walsh right. was like, how could anybody think Pacioretty would be healthy, scratched? It's like the dude's been terrible for yeah. like three straight weeks. And Gallant didn't oh, say he I was injured. That. I remember that. That was a great time. That's It was around then when I got blocked. Because Bre- at the same time, Brandon Peary was on his, like, 10 goals into yeah. six-game streak yeah. or something. And it was like, how did this guy not make it to the NHL before? And then since then, he hasn't done anything. So let's go. Bring Flurry to Vegas. Sports radio talk show host oh. in this city. Need it. We need it. It'll be a great time. That and chickens. Coming up next, UNLV's football schedule. It's finally finalized. Bishop's brief. Dude. 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 Dude, 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 dude. Bischoff's briefs. Dude. Bischoff's briefs. I guess you've got a point there. Coming up a little bit later this hour, we have tickets to the stadium tour coming to Allegiant Stadium featuring Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Black Hearts coming September 9th. We got a pair of tickets for you in a few minutes.
Now it's time for, in sports radio, this is both the easiest segments to do and also one of the most engaging segments to do. We're going to predict a football team's win-loss record game by game. UNLV's football schedule has been finalized. Uh, the dates, anyways. First off, the battle for the Fremont Cannon moved back to the end of the season. Last couple of years, it's been on Nevada Day weekend, uh, but they moved it back to the end of the season. So UNLV Nevada at Allegiant Stadium will be the final game of the regular season. I will give you the hot take that that is where it should be played every year in the schedule. Uh, number one, it's rivalry weekend, and that's the biggest rivalry game for both teams. But number two, it at least makes the last game of the season meaningful, right? Quickly, who did UNLV play in the last game of the season this past year? Uh, Air Force. Oh, look at you remembering. Remember they showed up and didn't play? Yes. Got crushed well, in that game. Y- y- you preface it by who they play. <laughs> they were at Air Force, and then that's where they stopped. So, But that game meant nothing. UNLV wasn't playing for a bowl game. Who cares if you beat Air Force, right? That game literally meant nothing to end the year. At least in this scenario, the final you can be a three-win team. The final game of the season it is going to, to have some the cannon, baby. People are going to care where nobody actually cared about that. Now, you ready to do some win-loss predictions? Yeah, I'll All do right. them for you. First game of the year for UNLV. Home game against Idaho State. Win. All right. They lost last year to the FCS win, school win. Bye. <laughs> to open the season. I will give them a win as well. So we're both putting them at 1-0. Second week, they go on the road to play Cal. Loss. Okay. We are oh, we are the same so far. 1-1. One and one. Then they come home and they play North Texas. Loss. Oh, a loss. You know what, Ed? UNLV is going to be 2-1 and one next year. Okay. They're going to knock off North Texas at home. All right. Then they go on the road to Utah State. First conference game of the year. Loss. Oh, boy. One and three start, according to Ed Graney. I also have them losing that one. So then you have them at two and two. At two and two. Then, home game, New Mexico. Win. All right. I'm on board with your win as well. So you're two and three. I'm three and two. Then a road game at San Jose State. Loss. Oh, loss. All right. I also have them losing that one as well. Uh, so, then they go. Another road game. Or no, excuse me, this is a home game against Air Force. Loss. Oh, man, this is not going well. I also have them losing that game. <laughs> then they go to Notre Dame. Loss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I do as well. So what do they do during bye? That would be a three-game losing streak. We both have them going on a three-game losing streak. My prediction right now at the bye is that they're three and five. Okay. Your prediction is that they're two, two and, and six. Oh, two and six. That's my bye okay, two and six. So in your scenario, they have to win out to go to a bowl game. Okay. In my scenario, they need to go three and one to okay. get to a bowl game in the final four games of the year. First game after the bye at San Diego State. Lost. And you've had them out of the bowl games. All right. I also have them losing that one. Three and six in my prediction here. Then they come home and play Fresno State. Lost. Oh, boy. Not ideal. I also have them losing that one. <laughs> And they're now officially eliminated from bowl contention for both of us. They end the year with two games. First up, two rivalry games, two trophies on the line at Hawaii. Is this for the pineapple? Yes. Okay. They get the pineapple. Win. I, I think they do too, as long as Hawaii football still exists. Yes. <laughs> 
There might, what if they showed up and there was nobody there? It might be a forfeit win for It might UNLV. be St. Louis High, who's probably better than Hawaii. It might be the Hawaii State Senate holding yes. a hearing on the program <laughs> at the end of the year. We both have them winning. And then, to cap off the year, hosting Nevada for the Cannon. Paint it red, baby. Oh, look at you go. So they end the year on a two-game winning streak. I also think they beat Nevada at home. So, so you I've have got them, them four and eight. and eight, and you've got them at five, five and, and seven. seven. Okay. All I'm right. apparently the optimistic one around here. <laughs> yes, that's what they yes. always say. Yeah. So five and seven for me, four and eight for you. The one game we were different on was a home game against North Texas in week three. I had them winning. You had them losing. Okay. Uh, North Texas preseason SP plus North Texas was in like the high 80s, low 90s. You know, he's at 109. Okay. So that'll be... Probably a toss-up as far as the spread goes. Maybe UNLV minus one, North Texas minus one, something like that. Uh, but that's pretty much the only game we have different. Four and eight, five and seven. Do you believe what Mike Ramallah said earlier in the show, that there is no difference in a one to five win season for UNLV? I don't believe that. Well, according to who, though? Who, fans. And, and who's, oh, fans? That was his point. To fan, UNLV fans. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get a ton more if they're four and, four and uh, eight yeah. compared to five and seven. Um might help him a lot if they're five and seven and four and eight over one and eleven. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think fan base wise, it probably doesn't matter, right? There's going to be people that are optimistic because look, they won more games than last year. Fan base wise, it probably doesn't matter. I do think it matters for Eric Harper, his new boss, the athletic director, and his job security, right? Absolutely. If they would, if they would, they won, needed six. Yes, I think if they go your record, he doesn't need six. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's. Still, I think he's keeping his job. Anything three or higher, I think he's he's keeping his job. He's not getting fired three and higher. One win, he's probably gone. Right. You're probably firing Marcus Arroyo if he goes one and eleven next year because that's three years, three wins. Like that's right. horrific. That's horrible. Two wins is pushing it. Three wins, you're probably fine. Um, from a successful season standpoint, it doesn't matter if you win one or win five. Right. It's, it's irrelevant. Like you don't go to a bowl game either way. But I think the bigger thing, and we mentioned this earlier in the week, is going to be how do they look in a lot of these games, right? Yes. Like, yeah. like if they go, well, if they go five and seven, it's going to be, I think, deemed Eric Harper will probably look at that as, well, that's pretty good. Like that's Absolutely. that's a success. Like next yeah. year, you need to improve Get on to that. A bowl, and go to a bowl and go game. six and six, but seven and five, exactly. Five and seven, solid. Um, but the key is if they win three games, right? If they win four games. How do you look in those losses, right? This is what we said earlier. If you're getting blown out in most of them, three wins. If you're you got three wins and then eight losses by 28 points, you're probably getting fired, right? If you get four wins and seven losses by 28 points, you might be getting fired in that instance too. If you go three and eight, and you got six losses by like three points. It's probably fair to look around and say, three more plays and we're in a bowl game, right, guys. Exactly. And so. I think how they play will go a long way in deciding that as well, pending what their record is. But you say four, I say five. This is an optimistic show. We like oh, you. Yeah. Well, that's what you, that's what you people, you know, that's right. That's what they that's believe. Right. Tell Marcus Ray to block you, by the way. Yeah. I got him winning five games. You only got him winning four. I know. Why, am, why has he blocked me? Yet? Unbelievable. Come Coming on. up next, J.R. Starkis joins the show. Ready for the weekend? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap with J.R. Starkus. Champagne, perfume going in, sewage coming out. At J.R. Starkus on Twitter. 
at JR Makes Drinks on Instagram. He account executive Southern Glazers Wine Spirits Nevada, our extreme mixologist. It's Thursday, which means it's J.R. Starkus. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Good to hear your voice again, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Back in action. A while. The, the show's back. We're, the, the gang's back together. Uh, I love to hear it. You know, it's, the last few weeks I've had to hear Tyler uh, struggle over getting, you know, the our extreme mixologist out. He keeps forgetting it. I do. Or whatever I forget, it, is. I forget <laughs> it. I like, yeah. forget until JR starts he's, talking, and then I'm like, oh, extreme mixologist. I think he's literally watching chicken races right this now. Is, this is, I'm, I'm depressed this morning. We are struggling mightily. Jared, no, you, you got into horses. Did you ever get into chickens? Um, I, I, I didn't get into the chickens, but, I mean, I, I feel like it's, you know, identical, except for now it's a chicken. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much difference it really is. But I, I'm into it. I think it's cool. But isn't Ty, Tyler, isn't, like, if you're having a bad day, that's also good, because if you're good and also bad, that's good, rather than being in the middle, which is awful. So what you're trying to explain is that finishing... <laughs> It, it's it's good if you come in last because you move down in the class rankings and then yeah. conceivably get to race against worse chickens or horses. Um, yes, Jr. That would be nice if we were finishing eleventh and twelfth, but we are finishing seventh and eighth in almost every single race. Okay, so yes, this is the most awful outcome that yes. could possibly ever exist. Yeah, and like we aren't even like like we've had some chicken races that have gone poorly where like our chickens been in first or second and then they sort of get caught at the end and finish fourth or fifth that that always sucks. We're not yeah. even doing that. We're not even contending in these races. Right. We are like Ugh. falling off the screen. This it's it's been a disaster. There's got to be a bug. Yeah. The, the classic out strong finish finish bad, you know. Yeah, that's 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 a tough situation for you to be in with your fake chickens. How are you doing, buddy? You, uh, you're Mr. Base, you're Mr. Baseball, and uh, no, no spring yeah. training right now. I mean, you, you must be uh, sweating over there. Uh, I, I don't like it. I don't. I mean, obviously, um, I, I enjoy the, you know, after. I, I always joke that you know, once the Super Bowl's over, it's officially baseball season, and um, and it is, except it's not right now. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, this, you know, I, I always look forward to the, you know, the. I always look forward to the Super Bowl, but I also, to a degree, look forward to the Super Bowl being over because then I can start to, you know, I don't watch necessarily preseason baseball because it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, but, um, but I, I like the fact that it's, it's going and gearing up. So yes, it doesn't mean that they're not playing or have not reported. Um, and, you know, I have my son has tickets, his gifted tickets to the big league weekend here. You know, in a couple, well, a few weeks, no, uh, which right now is is not. Uh, is not happening. So um, I, I hope I hope things turn around. I hope these guys figure it out um, because I, I would I would hate to not be able to watch baseball. One of my favorite pastimes is you know on a on a weekend or on a Sunday is you know putting on the Sunday night baseball game, cooking some you know barbecuing some dinner you know uh, sitting outside in the pool or smoking a cigar and just watching the game. It's it's that to me is like peak summertime. And uh, I'm right now I'm kind of dreading not having that. Wait, let me ask you. What did you watch sports last night? What did you watch last night? Actually, I did not watch sports oh, last night. I was at uh, dinner with a customer last night. Oh, brutal. Wow, customer. Nightmare. Yeah. Last yeah. night was a good sports night. I was just curious what you watched, but apparently you were working. That's no fun. Yeah, I, does I, I, yeah I was working. Um, I was checking in, trying to check in on the night's game uh, because I knew that, you know, obviously uh, Jack Eichel's return was last night, and I was excited about that. Um, that did not go well, but uh, <laughs> you didn't, you, you didn't uh, miss anything with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but I was, I was, it's exciting to see that, that kind of, that, that momentum start now. I was hoping that something would kind of kickstart with them. There would be like a little extra energy there, but, uh, 
obviously that that didn't work out very well. Well, it doesn't help that they literally cannot be healthy. Like yeah, they, they can't. Uh, they physically can't do it. Yeah, no, it's 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 not a pretty scene. Like every time we talk about it or you talk about it on the air, it's all right. They're up. Oh, never mind. This guy's out now, and then that guy turns into two other guys, and yeah, it's it's, it's brutal now with Mark Stone being out for whatever reason. Whether you believe it's for Eichel or not, uh, he's not there. So he's uh, it, that doesn't that doesn't bode well for the team. Um, I know the goal is only to get to the playoffs, but still, at that, it's it's it would be nice for the fans of the team to be able to watch a healthy team for sure. What do you got for us today, buddy? So, kind of continuing along the path of uh, some of those celebrity brands that we started last week, um, or not last week, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, there is, we do have quite a few of them in the Southern portfolio, and today I wanted to highlight an easy drink with Howlerhead. Um, if you're a UFC fan, you've undoubtedly seen Howlerhead promoted not only in the ring, but by Dana White, because Dana White is the owner of the brand. Um, it was, I was, I had the luxury of tasting this brand for the first time a couple of years ago before it came to the market. Um, and it is unique. It is a, a two-year-old uh, construct, Kentucky Straight Bourbon whiskey um, that has then been infused with like banana flavor. So it is a, it's a banana spirit, right? That's, that's what, um, that's, that's what it is. It's a banana uh, liqueur is a banana bourbon, but you don't really call it bourbon. You call it a whiskey because it's made with bourbon. But once you start adding flavors to it because of the laws of bourbon, you can't really call it a bourbon anymore. So it is a, I said two years old, it's probably more like four years old, but uh, it is a bourbon that is infused with bananas. So it is a banana whiskey. Now, with that said, um, a lot of the times when you're infusing something with a flavor, um, there's naturally some um, inherent sweetness to it. Um, because they're adding usually some sugar or something like that. Um, there is a little bit of sweetness here. But also with that said is usually the proof drops down, right? So when you're dealing with these, these, these spirits or liqueurs that have sugar or a flavor added, generally the flavor drops from 80 to 70 or 60 proof. This is still 80 proof. So you're a full, full uh, proof spirit here, which is, which is nice. Um, they've done a really nice job with the banana flavor. It is not overly coying or overly sweet. There is some sweetness to it, but um, you can definitely drink this neat or on the rocks or in your favorite cocktail. Now, is this your super geeky whiskey guy's bourbon? No, it's not, because that guy that I'm speaking of isn't going to drink any flavor in their whiskey. They're going to drink it only with ice or without ice and water, right? Um, your super geeky whiskey guy isn't mixing it whatsoever and probably doesn't appreciate uh, flavoring of kinds other than the stuff that they're picking up from the natural barrel. However, um, I will step back from that role that I am typically in, and I will say that this is very, very well made for what it is. If you enjoy something and you want something a little less serious, uh, Howlerhead is a, is a tremendous, tremendous whiskey to, to enjoy. Um, you can enjoy it with a number of cocktails. You can enjoy it as a shot in a beer. You can enjoy it with uh, you know, a cigar or, or, or cooking or barbecue or whatever the case may be. Um, I wanted to make a drink for you today that incorporates only four ingredients. Um, it's going to use Mount Gay Black Barrel, which is a rum from Barbados. It's going to use Howlerhead Banana Whiskey. It's going to use Orjat Syrup, which I use the Liquid Alchemist brand. To me, far and away, the best brand that's out there. Orjat is almond syrup. And when made well, um, it has a great flavor to it. It also, when you look at a bottle of, of properly made Orjat, it will tend to separate because uh, the fat and the oil of the almonds kind of separates in the bottle. It's completely natural. It's not nothing wrong with it. Um, 
you just have to give it a little shake, and some fresh lime juice. So four ingredients. Uh, it's going to be a shaken cocktail that you're going to serve over ice, and it's really simple to remember. It's three-quarter ounces of fresh lime juice, three-quarter ounces of orgeat syrup. If you're allergic to almonds or something, then do not have orgeat syrup. Um, simple syrup will get you through here, but the flavor that orgeat adds to the drink does add quite a, uh, quite a bit of not only viscosity to the drink, but uh, a flavor to the drink that I particularly enjoy. You're going to use one ounce of Howler Head Banana Whiskey, and you're going to use one ounce of Mount Gay Black Barrel Rum. So that's 280 proof uh, spirits. Um, don't get panicked with, oh my gosh, I'm mixing a, a whiskey and a rum. That it's, it's fine. You're not going to like, you know, you're not going to get, you know, stupid drunk on it or anything like that, but it is two ounces of 80 proof whiskey. So you're making yourself a drink here. Um, take those ingredients, those four ingredients, add ice, shake it, strain it over fresh ice into like a rocks glass, garnish it with a piece of uh, a sprig of mint, and you have a really, really easy cocktail that you can enjoy um, this time of year. You can enjoy any time, actually. And you can, uh, it, it's all the ingredients that you have it yourself at home with a, a great bottle of Howler Head Banana Whiskey. It is kind of a play off of the original Mai Tai. Um, so that's, that kind of was my inspiration on, on this cocktail. So when you make this or you're thinking about making it for yourself at home, think about the, those flavors. It is, it does kind of lean the side of tropical or almost tiki when you, when you finish the drink. You said, uh, the banana flavor is not overpowering. How many people would tell you, eh, I don't like banana. I don't want to try that. Um, I mean, if you don't like banana, you, you, you won't, you won't necessarily enjoy the whiskey. Right. But, um, you know, because, because when you taste it, I mean, there's not a mistake. Like you're, you taste it and you're like, Oh, that tastes like bananas. But there are some products that are on the market that are, they, it's almost too, they try too hard to make it taste like something. And it's just overpowering. And, um, that I don't necessarily enjoy. When you taste Howlerhead, you certainly taste whiskey. Like you, you're, you, you taste the banana, but the banana, while you pick it out because it's more prominent than if you just drink a regular bourbon, um, you still you're not you're not thinking to yourself, oh, all this tastes like is banana. You're tasting whiskey there, and that has to do with the proof of it too, right? Um, where there's a lot of other ones that they almost err more on the side of the pure than than this does, and being eighty proof. They're not trying to do that. They're, they're making this to kind of appeal to somebody who is a little more serious of a whiskey drinker, but they also understand that, like, they're a fun brand as well. They're not, they're not trying to be the serious brand, but, uh, but that's what they're, they're lending itself to. They want it to be something where you're not taking it too seriously, where you're like, hey, I'm going to have a shot and a beer, and the shot's going to be Howlerhead um, because it's easy. It's, it's easy to drink. It's not too serious. Um, it's not overly expensive in the, in the store. You can find it everywhere. And um, you're kind of supporting a local business, if you will. I mean, not that uh, Dana White needs extra help, uh, but, you know, the, <laughs> the, brand is, the brand is local, and uh, he certainly promotes it all the time, and it is, it, it is, you know, in all of the liquor stores around, for sure. What did you drink during the Super Bowl? Uh, I had uh, tequila and champagne during the Super Bowl. I was at Stadium Swim and oh, oh right. and I had beer. Right. So I had three different things during the during the Super Bowl. I had three different things. It was was quite a party over at Stadium Swim. Lemonade in the press. <laughs> oh, <box. nice>. and <laughs> lemonade in the press. Box. Yeah. He's going to show you how to make it. Instagram at Jr. Makes drinks later today again. Key mixologist. He's our extreme mixologist. Follow him on Twitter at JR Starkus from Southern Glains Wise Spirits of Veta. All right, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Good to hear from you. You got 
Good to hear from you, too. Talk to you next week, guys. All right. What, how much did you have to pay $5 for that lemonade in the press box? No, that one was free. No, that was not That was not at Radio Row at the cafe next door. No more $5 apples. No. Okay. All right, here we go. We got tickets to the stadium tour. Coming to Allegiant Stadium, it's Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. They are coming Friday, September 9th, and we got a pair of tickets right now. 702-364-1100. These aren't even on sale yet. They don't go on sale until next week. 702-364-1100. You'll get tickets to go to the stadium tour coming to Las Vegas in September. Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 12. It's the Press Box on ESPN 1100 and 100.9 FM. You go to our website right now, lbsportsnetwork.com. You can get registered to win a VIP ticket package for the Mountain West Tournament. That is a package worth up to $1,500. You get tickets to all the men's games, all the women's games, parking, and uh, you get to go to the VIP hospitality suite. Go to our website, lvsportsnetwork.com. In the center, there's a rotating banner. Wait for the Mountain West one to pop up. Click on it, and then you can register to win. Um, Chicken racing going terribly this morning. Still not good. Still no good updates. We have another race in about four minutes, though. Hopefully, we can finally get on the podium. But more importantly, Ed, you brought up a good point earlier this morning off the air that we'll bring up on the air. (laughs) My Uh, good points are usually usually. off the air (laughs) when no one's around. Between the two of us, the first time either one of us saw a medal ceremony during Olympic coverage was this morning, and it was a replay of uh, Canada, the women's getting the gold last night. Why is NBC not showing medal ceremonies? Is it over on its sister stations? But I have not... That's the first one I've seen, and we commented on this. It's, this is a nightly, uh, when I'm not covering BGK or away covering stuff, this is a nightly occurrence at the house. We watch pretty much every minute of the Olympics. And my wife and I both said the other night, it just dawned on us. I'm like, man, I'm like, uh, where's the medal ceremonies? Where Where's the flags going up? Where's the, where's the anthem? Um, remind me again, the, the figure skater? Nathan Chen? Yeah. When Nathan Chen won, I, like, waited around for his medal ceremony. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see this guy's medal ceremony. I never saw it. Now, that you know they had it, and maybe they had it late at night or really early in the morning. Like, we, today we saw the Canada-U.S. Women's Hockey Medal Ceremony. I haven't seen any. Summer Olympics, as well, in this country, especially when Americans win gold, you see almost every one of them. You right. see them all the time. And the other part of it is, so, okay, NBC is obviously the big channel, but, like, USA Network is runs a lot of replays throughout the right. day or a lot of live stuff in the middle of the night. Me, when I'm home, just middle of the day, if there's not a soccer game on, I'll just put on USA and just it'll be replays of random yeah. stuff. Haven't seen a single one. Yeah. But the other thing is, I can't even remember NBC or USA saying, hey, check out the medal ceremony on Peacock. On Peacock. Because no. there's a lot of stuff on Peacock, no. too. I can't remember Nothing. them even promoting, like, hey, if you want to watch the medal ceremony, yes. it'll be on Peacock, yeah. which... I don't know. You know they're having them. Right. Like, I've seen the damn downhill women's slalom three times on USA Network and haven't <laughs> seen a single medal ceremony. Like, I'd rather I've see I've seen Nathan 42 interviews with Michaela Schiffrin. <laughs> uh, I've seen her talk about 42 times about how she hasn't won anything and she's skiing off the skiing off the mountain a few times so uh, but i never saw a medal ceremony until this morning yeah. and maybe. it was canada is it, which has a better anthem anyway is it maybe because we're not doing as well 
Like we're in like that fifth place or something. But we've had good, like Nathan Chen's a great example. Everybody yes. watched that. And Absolutely. 